0: member only access at PaulStoneSports.org. Now, on to the show.
1: Two weeks and four days from today, as I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, August 10th, the oblong spheroid will be airborne and we will once again celebrate the arrival of Of Another college football season and I can't wait and I'm sure you're ready to go as well. Hey everybody, welcome to the 12th episode of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast and again this week I am Paul Stone. Uh, First of all, I'm sincerely honored uh, and appreciate you choosing to spend a small portion of your day with me uh, as we draw closer to embarking on another college football season. I know you have many choices, not only in terms of sports podcasts, but just general choices for your leisure time. And I'm I'm sure it's your leisure time. I don't think anybody would would be listening to this uh, while they're supposed to be working. So this, again, is episode 12. Uh, This episode entitled, You Better Shop Around. So let's get straight to this week's episode. I'm going to date myself somewhat, uh, first of all. Uh, When I was a really young lad, there was a married musical duo, Captain and Tennille. Some of you have heard of them. Some of you have no idea who I'm talking about. But the captain, of course, was Daryl Dragon, uh, while his lovely wife and the other half of the duo was Tony uh, Tennille. You know, I wasn't a huge Captain and Tennille fan. You know, not really my brand, uh, if you will, of music, but I respect anyone Uh, who can make music and play an instrument uh, because i can't you know i took guitar lessons a few years ago and i you know really got focused but that was a uh, guitar lesson dropout if you will (laughs) but my musical taste i'm more of a a ccr uh, peter frampton bob seger uh, leonard skinnard led zeppelin kind of guy Uh, and before i go on uh, speaking of led zeppelin i don't like to stray off topic a whole lot and get in the woods. Uh, Too often get in the weeds rather too often uh, or the woods for that matter but if you haven't heard Anne and Nancy Wilson's uh, Rendition of stairway to heaven that was recorded before a live audience back in 2012 at The Kennedy Center man. You need to YouTube that you need to call that up. I promise you'll be glad you did Uh, just to see the glee the approval uh, the joy of the members uh, of Led Zeppelin Uh, in their box watching uh, members of Heart and and many other musicians on stage perform Stairway to Heaven. Uh, Man, that was incredible. It still gives me chills. I I still look at it, you know, every three or four months. It's just a a great performance. But I regress. Uh, So let's go on to today's uh, episode and back to more important, maybe not more important matters, but the matters at hand, those matters of the Captain and Tennille. You know I can't say with total certainty uh, that Tony Tenille never has bet on college football. You know, if I had you know one guess to win the grand prize, I would, with a relative degree of confidence, say that she has not bet on college football. But still, Miss Tenille gave some of the best handicapping sage you'll ever hear in that 1970s song. Captain and Tennille's version of Shop Around. Uh, It was actually a remake, if you will, of the original by The Miracles, uh, who later became Smokey Robinson and The Miracles. And and I love Smokey. I love Smokey Robinson, who wrote that song. But the original, it was recorded even before I was born. Uh, So that song's been around a long time. And, you know, it's before I was born, so I really don't remember it. I've heard it before. Uh, So all things considered, I chose to go with uh, Captain and Tennille's version. Anyway, the the song's central message, if you haven't heard, is basically a mom uh, telling his son or daughter, depending on which version you're listening to, uh, telling her son or daughter, you know, not to fall head over heels for the first member of the opposite sex that looks your way. You know, to be selective, to be patient. Wait until you find the right one. Because after all, is the song's... Refrain says, "My mama told me, you better shop around." Again, Tony Tennille, she's probably not sitting around in front of a computer screen all day, uh, patiently holding out for a six. You know, when the screen is painted for, uh, you know, painted with nothing but six and a halfs, and she wants to lay that minus six. I don't think she's doing that. But still, Tony speaks sports betting truth. We'd all be wiser, uh, you know, to heed her advice, take it to heart, and shop around for the the very best number uh, without question. We would all be better off if we shopped around. I want to take just a second to uh, talk a little bit about the college football season, very little. College football season starts again uh, 18 days from today on Saturday, August 28th. If you want to look at some of my membership packages um, I've done quite well uh, historically in college football. I'm a two-time winner of football handicapping contest in Las Vegas. I have had other high finishes as well, and I've got some membership packages at paulstonesports.org. Also, if you're not currently following me on Twitter, I would ask if, that you would uh, you know consider that my Twitter handle at paulstonesports. Now back to today's episode. When I talk to fellow sports bettors, uh, not only you know newbies and relative novices, if you will, but sometimes people who have been at this as long or as long as I have, or maybe in some cases even longer than I have, I am shocked or at least disappointed when they leak out or just outright tell me they only have one or maybe two outs, meaning only one or two places where they are able to place a sports bet. And it even further disappoints me when they don't view this as a deficiency, as a shortcoming. You know, something they need to remedy if they really expect to become a long-term winning sports better. I'll say this more than once, but you need more than one or two outs to best position yourself for long-term success. You know, I'm not one to pry into others' business, but if you were in the market for a new vehicle you know, say roughly in the price range of $30,000, would you drive to a single dealership, ask them their price, ask no other questions, get your checkbook out, and start filling out the paperwork? Or would you maybe, as Smokey Robinson and later Tony and Tenille, so strongly suggest, shop around? You know, after all, again, my mama told me, you better shop around. I don't think you would handle your business that way. I think you would either look on the internet, get on the phone, actually perhaps physically drive to another dealership, you would compare several different prices, maybe many different prices for the same product. You might investigate, you know, and compare prices again at four or five different dealerships, maybe even more than that before ultimately making your purchasing decision. You know it is after all the $30,000 purchase for a product that's going to give you, uh, let's say, you know, a minimum of five years of life, of usage. I'm assuming many of you listening to this podcast bet on sporting events. Some of you might bet, you know, $50 or $100 a game. Some of you probably bet far greater amounts, you know, probably more than I want to know. But let's just say for purposes of example, you bet just $50, you lay $50, so like 50 to win $45 and some odd cents. You bet just $50 on one game, a single game, every day for a year. Again, just $50. Do you know how much money you're betting for that year? That computes to $18,250 a year. Just one $50 bet for 365 days. Eighteen thousand two hundred and fifty dollars a year. So over the five years, uh, you know which, which is probably even low for the life of your car. You're going to be betting a total when you take that amount and multiply it by five years a total of ninety one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. That's more than three times the cost of that brand spanking new ride. Again betting just $50 a day every day for five years. You know, something You know tells me some of you probably bet more than $50 a day. It's just a hunch. You know, I could be wrong. I could be way off. But my point being, if you're going to compare prices at four or five different dealerships, perhaps even more, before buying a $30,000 vehicle that you're hoping to get five years out of, Shouldn't you at least commit to that same level of price shopping when you're talking about an investment three times greater over the same period of time, five years? And again, my example, a single $50 bet for five years, uh, very nominal. Let's say, however, that you bet more than that. Let's say you bet five bets a day at 110 to win 100. So you're betting $550 on average a day for those same five years. You do the math on that. Five 110 to win 100 bets every day for five years. And you're going to have bet slightly more. Drum roll, please. More than $1 million. Of course, you know, there's a lot of rollover of that money. It sounds a lot more extreme than it is because you might be, virtually even over that five-year period you might be just a little bit up a little bit down that sort of thing but again the numbers don't lie you would have bet more than a million dollars total and now you know once more let's circle back to the central message of this podcast just to kind of let it sink in if you're going to invest one million dollars spread out over five years shouldn't you be a smart shopper compare prices uh it more than just one or two dealerships or one or two sports books. It's not as convenient. There's no question about it. It takes more time. it requires more effort. Uh, you know but but compare prices at multiple places, four or five more dealerships. Heck maybe even more than that. You're going to shop around. you want to get the best deal. You want to posture yourself for the best possible price. So I have a, you know, new sometimes and even sometimes somewhat experienced sports bettors who sometimes ask me, how many different accounts should I have? You know, how many outs is ideal? And I first of all acknowledge that's a personal decision. And it's tied at least somewhat to your goals and your geography for that matter. First of all, you know, what are your goals? You have to ask yourself that. Are you in it strictly for enjoyment and and entertainment and and just to have a little skin in the game? Uh, Completely, you know, comfortable with the idea that you're probably, you know, not going to be a long-term winner uh, if you're limited to one or two shops? You know, if that's the case, it probably doesn't make sense to have four or five sports betting accounts. You know, all of which, all of those accounts, they have to be fully funded with cold, hard cash, probably. Uh, That's what they call in the business post-up accounts. On the other hand, however, is it your goal to be a long-term winner? And you're committed to doing all that it takes to put yourself in the best possible position to achieve that goal. You know, if that's you, here's my general advice. Again, keeping in mind that your geography, where you live, may have a considerable impact on your ability to uh, meet this end. So my general advice, you need at least three betting accounts, all with unique numbers. Um, If you've got, you know, three different accounts, though, and they're always offering the same lines, perhaps, you know, they're what I call so-called copycat books, if you will. You know, in reality, if they've all got the same line on every game, they're using the same source, and you really only have one book with one set of numbers. So three's a minimum, and I would say five's ideal, have at least five outs, and 10 or more, well, that's optimal. That's big-time stuff that really gives you an edge, uh, especially if you're able to at least somewhat monitor the lines, especially at key times during the week. But again, I understand uh, very, very few sports bettors are going to have 10 shops dealing unique numbers. Uh, First of all, your personal economics or what you're comfortable with may limit or prevent this type of investment. Uh, And even if you are willing and able to make this type of investment, your state may only have three or or four or maybe up to five unique operators, and it might not be feasible or practical for you to travel to a neighboring state to set up uh, additional accounts to make bets. But if you're able and have access, try to have at least five books with unique numbers. So let's say hypothetically, For purpose of another example, you have five unique accounts that all offer side bet wagering if they're traditional minus 110 juice. Hopefully, you know, one or more of those accounts offers minus 108 juice all the time. Uh, Hopefully, maybe you have an account that occasionally on a certain day, maybe uh, during a certain time frame, offers promotional minus 105 juice. But for purposes of this example, you have five different books that offer traditional minus one ten. So you make a hundred bets over some period of time for five fifty to win five hundred using the most advantageous line you can from those five, and when all said and done, you've posted a record of fifty five wins, forty five losses against the spread for fifty five percent, and you clear twenty seven hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, based on that example anyway. Certainly, having five different outs played a role in your achieving this level of success. And again, I'll say it over and over, 55%, if you can do that, especially year after year, that's big time. Very few people are going to be able to accomplish that. But having these outs certainly played a role. Let's say you were able to kind of do a back study and you were able to ascertain that if you only had the two accounts that you had this same time last year, you would have lost one of the bets that you ended up winning and you would have pushed another of your winning bets. So you were 55 and 45, but if you only had those two accounts, you were able to determine, again, that you would have lost one of the bets you won and you would have pushed another of your winning bets. So this is going to drop your record to 53 46 and 1 against the spread. Wagering that same 550 to win 500, now you only win $1200, uh, which is $1550 less than 2750, the 2750 that you cleared utilizing five unique accounts. The first example with the five accounts, it has a 5% rate of return, which is really nice, which is really what you could, should shoot for. Anything above that's really Uh, rare and really uh, exceptional. So a 5% rate of return on the first example, but when you lose one of those winning bets and you push another of those winning bets, now your rate of return only 2.2%. So 5% rate of return with five books, if you would have only had those two books you had a year earlier during football season, only a 2.2% percent rate of return. In this example, folks, it isn't it isn't far fetched by any means. In fact, I would argue it's probably conservative. Having multiple outs is every bet, every bit rather critical is having the latest up to date, you know, injury or personnel information, probably even more so. Yet many betters you know treat this as an afterthought, like it's relatively unimportant. As I like to say, I bet numbers, not teams. Also, if you haven't been listening you know, closely or you haven't been listening at all, perhaps, my mama told me, you better shop around. And if you, uh, not that whole uh, saying or that whole reframe, the uh, title of today's podcast, you better shop around. We're going to look now at this week's PGA Tour Stop, which is going to be the Wyndham a championship to be played at Sedgefield Country Club this week in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, Sedgefield, a par 70 uh, course, 7,131 yards, has small undulating greens. The last five years, it's produced a winning score, this tournament has, of 20 under or better. So it's kind of a birdie fest. Uh, Three years ago in 2018, Brent Brent, uh, Snedeker shot 11 under 59 uh, three years ago in 2018, in the opening round, still stands, I believe, as a course record. So I think I've had at least two straight losers uh, on tournament matchups on this podcast. We got to get off, uh, get off the snide, if you will, and start moving forward. And I'm going to look at a matchup, a full tournament matchup: Taylor Gooch uh, and South African Eric Van Ruyen. Looking at this match, uh, first of all, this matchup. First of all, last week, many of the top war- uh, players in the world teed it up in the WGC, FedEx, St. Jude's Invitational there in Memphis, Tennessee. And while they were doing that, a lot of other talented golfers and PGA Tour members were playing in the uh, Barracuda Championship on the West Coast uh, in Truckee, California. Eric Van Ruyen, uh, he broke a recent cold streak by posting his first ever PGA Tour victory Uh, out at the Barracuda. Important to note that this event uh, utilized the modified Stableford scoring system. Uh, It greatly rewards under par scoring. Uh, You get points, five points for an eagle, two points for a birdie, uh, zero for a par, and only negative one for a bogey. But you look at his play. Prior to winning the Barracuda last week, Van Ruyen had missed the cut in six of his last eight PGA stroke play events. With one of those made cuts, one of the two cuts that he made, resulted in only a tied for 58th at the 3M Open. And while Van Ruyen has been quite inconsistent this summer, Gooch, who played collegiately at Oklahoma State, he's been pretty much a model of consistency. He's made the cut in 11 of his last 12 PGA Tour events, and that includes a fifth-place showing at the Players' Championship and an 18th place finish uh, in early June at the Memorial. Uh, In my mind, Gooch is refreshed. He hadn't played since the Open Championship at uh, Royal St. George's four weeks ago. Van Ruyen, on the other hand, he hadn't been consistent coming off his first PGA Tour victory. I think it all adds up to taking Taylor Gooch in this matchup at minus 109 over Eric Van Ruyen. So back to how many uh, betting options you have, what we call outs. Those who live in Nevada, in Las Vegas, presently can have roughly, maybe even exactly, 10 unique betting apps. Uh, This comes from my buddy out there, Vegas Chris. Those of you who follow the Las Vegas sports betting landscape probably know of Vegas Chris. He's very astute. Uh, very advanced, high-level sports better. He's won multiple contests in Las Vegas. Uh, very well respected, very well known. And Chris tells me uh, that you can have 10 unique accounts uh, there in Vegas. You can have a few others uh, that are Reno-based. Uh, he said in Reno they really don't enjoy you too much if you uh, win a little bit. So we're going to say if you live in Vegas, you can have 10 unique outs. You know, I'm not um, – quite at that point yet. I am in Vegas quite a bit during the football season. I have a handful of apps, but not all of them. Uh, Guys who have all of these apps, all 10, and speaking with them, they spend their Mondays and even into Tuesday moving around money from one uh, account to another pretty much uh, during football season to get their accounts uh, balanced and and ready to go for the next week's menu. So there's a little effort involved, uh, but what a big advantage for those people that have that many unique sets of numbers uh to look at you know what an important edge to have in your handicapping toolbox you know that's just a again a critical component uh, of an overall winning approach to sports betting i'm going to wrap it up there uh with with that note i hope you gained something from this um you know i hope you uh, enjoyed it we're not going to be the same old same old we're going to try to provide some unique content from a slightly different perspective, uh, designed ultimately uh, to get you uh, out of the sports book with more dollars in your pocket than you entered. Uh, and again, uh, I appreciate you listening. College football season and football season in general, the NFL exhibition season is already here. A Hall of Fame induction ceremony this past weekend there in Canton, Ohio. So we're in the middle of it. You know, It's a merry-go-round. It doesn't stop until early February for those of you who Uh, Bet the NFL and follow it closely. So get ready, study hard, trudge lightly, be conservative, uh, have good money management, uh, don't play beyond your means. Uh, All good uh, pieces of advice, in my opinion. So that's it for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Enjoyed being with you again this week. And farewell. Till next time, I'm Paul Stone.